Yo, what is good, Seas fans? It's Nathan here, aka the Boston Brit. Just before we hop into the pod, me and Tom have been advised by Carol from PR that, you know, this pod may contain some cheeky language. So we kind of have to tell you that before you jump in. So if you're sensitive, well, it's probably best you missed the pod. But anyway, let's jump straight into it. Welcome to That UK Celtics Podcast. Tatum drives George right there. Tatum gets a wide open look. What is good guys, it's Boston Brit aka Naif and we are back with a new episode of that UK Celtics podcast. Um, I'm joined by again my co-host Tom. Tom how are you? I'm good man, I'm good, I'm doing well. Um, again I say the same thing, I say the same thing every week, you, you listeners must be getting boring but I don't really change week to week, I mean it's always the same thing, work, kids, family podcast so you know not a lot's changed but i'm doing i'm doing good man i'm i'm just you know living life how you doing yeah man i'm not too bad i'm not too bad super excited for today's guest though i think everyone else is gonna be super excited as well obviously if you're watching on youtube yeah then you can kind of get the hint from behind me there's a certain jersey up there there's a bobblehead right here and then there's a little poster thing here so i mean yeah. should, we, should we get straight into it should we introduce them yeah, I've been waiting all day. I've been thinking about this all day and nothing apart from getting married. I've never been this nervous in my life, but it's, it's great. And I'm thankful that this guy's given us his time and I appreciate it. So I think I'm not going to bore you anymore. Let's get in and meet this week's special guest. And for all of you that don't know, it is our forward, our starting forward, one of them anyway, it is none other than Gordon Haywood. Gordon, how are you, man? Hey, guys. I'm good, man. Thanks for letting me come on your guys' show. Um, reach out to some some fans across the water here. So it should be fun. Yeah, it's amazing. It's amazing. So really, really appreciate your time. Um, you know, we've kind of had a brief chat off camera at the moment, but I mean, how, how are you doing? How are you? Yeah, I'm good, man. I think, um, you know, it's been a crazy almost a couple of months, or I guess it has been a couple of months now, um, with no basketball and almost no direction as to what's about to happen and kind of just in limbo over here, trying to figure out if the season's going to happen, if it's not going to happen, you know, what to do and, um, you know, trying to stay safe as well and make sure that, um, you know, everyone's keeping their distance and, and trying not to spread this thing anymore. But, um, definitely still still good over here with the family um, been able to luckily get shots up work out at the house all that kind of good stuff so um, you know I, I'm doing all right doing all right over here that's good that's good nice to hear it's nice to hear like, obviously me and Tom have had this conversation so many times but we we, we are hoping the season comes back soon because I mean we were it, it was really exciting watching our watching our team this year you know it was really exciting watching you guys and the camaraderie and the togetherness and just playing great basketball you know it was it was, it was super it was super fun to watch when it's on yeah it, it was insane I mean this year has got me super excited and obviously it's been taken away from us out of our hands and it is what it is I think we're all at that point now where it is what it is and you know we're all just looking forward to getting some basketball back and obviously seeing you guys Gordon just doing your thing and and going into a playoffs where I feel like we could do some damage, but I think we'll get into that a little bit later. So I don't want to say too much, but yeah, yeah I'm at the point of where it's it's now time to start thinking basketball again. Yeah, definitely. I mean, it's 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 yeah, it's just it's just painful not being out without it. You know, it's the fact that you know we're used to staying up until three, four in the morning watching the. Uh, when we go to the West Coast, you know, when we're playing LA, we're, we're all up to like five in the morning, like playing the tip off. So it's absolute madness. And we're not having that at the moment. So I'm, I'm having to go to sleep at a normal time. So I'm not used to this. I'm not used to it. Yeah, but, man. It seems, it seems weird that we're not playing basketball games. It seems weird there's not any sports on right now. Um, yeah. And certainly right now we would be probably, what, 
going into the second round of the playoffs. Um, And we're kind of just, like I said, we're just waiting to find some direction as to what's going to happen. And um, I'm definitely ready to to continue the season. That's for sure. I hope, I hope that we continue it. And like you said, uh, Tom, I mean, I think we were, we were really starting to come together and uh, play some really good basketball. The, The year was full of, of injuries for, for our team. And, um, I did feel like, you know, we were starting to kind of figure it, figure it all out there. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely, definitely. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. I agree. Cause like this year had been just injuries left, right and center, just things coming out of the way. And it's all everyone. I think the chat all the time was like, when are the Celtics going to be healthy? It was always about when can we get this team healthy? And then we get healthy and then all of a sudden bang, we're hit with this. And it's like, man, are we ever going to get to see this team? Yeah, it's just a stroke of bad luck. Um, honestly, you know, some sometimes those things happen. Um, I think one of the things that helped us out throughout the year, though, was just was just our depth. Um, you know, in a lot of teams, when you have major players go down with energies for an extended period of time, um, that can be a, you know a bad run for your squad. But we have so many players, such good guys, that they're able to pick up the slack. Guys are able to pick up more responsibility. And, um, you know, like I said, we made it through the season. We had about, what, 19 games left, I think, and uh, something around there. And like I said, I think we were running round and right into form, Um, you know. But like you said, man, it is what it is. We got to just roll with what we're given. And, um, you know, hopefully we can get this thing going. Should we we move on to some more exciting chat rather than sticking (laughs) on? Right, a little depressing. (laughs) Okay, so Gordon, um, so this, this season of the podcast, we have the guests that have come on, you know, the whole season is about how, how you got into basketball. So, I mean, the first question is like, how did you get into basketball? Yeah. So I got in, I got into basketball through my, my dad. Um, you know, he taught me, taught me the game played from, I think since I was four years old. Um, and I, and I loved it ever since, uh, from Indiana in case anybody doesn't know Indiana in the United States is, um, it's like, Everyone in Indiana loves basketball, man. Everyone grows up with the hoop in their backyard. If if any of you guys have seen the movie Hoosiers, like high school basketball in Indiana is is like everything. Um, you know, not like some of the southern states, Texas or Florida, where it's football. In Indiana, it's all about basketball. So I grew up loving the game. And, um, you know, I think that's just where it all started was from a young age playing with my dad. Um, he would take me – he would, he had a group of guys that he played with every Sunday. They were all like his age and older and – so he he let me play with them from a young age, and I really, really um, am thankful for that and for all those guys kind of letting the little kid tag along and play because I think I grew up just um, you know loving playing basketball and and learning things from them, and and that was certainly very helpful for me. Amazing, amazing. So like, so so was that your first memory? I suppose is basketball was kind of playing playing with your dad and stuff. Like, what was your what was your first memory of you know you, you kind of that flips into your head straight away when you think think of that when you're younger the first memory that i think of is is playing down in our basement we had a an unfinished basement at our house and we put up just a like a like almost like a nerf hoop but i remember <laughs> playing down there with him and after every single uh game that we would play we would go back upstairs and there was a a um a sheet on on this uh, uh what is that thing that's the little cardboard that you punch into the wall and uh, you would mark down it and there was a slot for dad and a slot for Gordon and you would mark down wins and losses. Right. And like my dad never let me win ever. So his <laughs> was always full, you know, and then finally there was, there was a point in time where I beat him one time and you know, the, the tally marks started to get eat more and more and more even um, you know, until the point where it was just kind of pointless for us to play against each other. But certainly that was my, my first memory was, was playing down in the basement um, with him, which was, which was fun. Did your dad ever fake any injuries? When you started winning, did he ever go, oh, hang on a minute, I pulled a hamstring in. I pulled a hammy. His back mysteriously started hurting a little bit. <laughs> no, my dad, so my dad, my dad is like 5'10", um, you know, so not, not very tall. And he would always just bully me. Um, I, was, I was a really skinny kid growing up. Um, you know, not too short, but just skinny. And he would just manhandle me until he got to the point where even his jump hook, like I would just block his jump hook. And when, when I did that, he said, I'm done playing. I can't play. play. <laughs> that's it. Game over. I don't Game over. We never played again after that. <laughs> oh man, that's amazing. Amazing. Okay. So, I mean, like basketball, obviously you're great at it. 
you know. Um, but did you play any other sports growing up? Yeah, so I played just about every sport growing up, and I'm a big advocate for that. I think, I think young kids specialize way too early nowadays, and I think that you should play as many sports as you can. I think it helps your muscles develop. It helps your competitive edge. helps you be way more rounded. And that's how I grew up. You know, I played there basically at our house. I have a twin sister and, and basically at our house, we would be basically go from her sport to my sport and just and just travel around playing different sports. Um, you know, I played basketball, soccer, baseball. I did football for one year. Um, tennis is, was my other big sport. Um, I was probably better at tennis in high school than I was basketball. Um, and so once I got to high school, I, I focused on both on, on tennis and basketball. But growing up, like I said, I played everything. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's actually going to be my next question. Was there any other sport that you were actually close to getting quite far with before you thought, actually, basketball is my thing? Yeah, so, yeah, in tennis, um, I could have played tennis in college. Um, at that point in time, decided uh, I was tired of playing multiple sports. Like, I wanted just to focus on one. Um, I wasn't – like like when I say I was better at tennis than basketball, like I was – I wasn't that highly recruited in basketball, you know, like I was a late bloomer. Um, and, and I wasn't like a monster at tennis, but I was pretty good. And, uh, tennis was a sport that I really enjoyed playing because it was just, it was just me out there. It was nobody else. So I got all the glory. I also had all the criticism. It was all my fault, whether I won or I lost. And I loved that about the game. And I loved that, um, you had to pick yourself up mentally after, losing a point, losing a set, losing a game, whatever it was. Um, you know, there was no coaching, none of that. And I think that, that really actually helped my mental game in basketball. Yeah. Um, playing, playing with the tennis. So which, uh, which tennis player would you compare yourself to? Whose game were you, were you most on level on? Well, growing up, I, like I said, I was a late bloomer. So growing up, I was like, I was just always athletic and fast and I would just get to every ball and just hit it back. And as I got older, I, I grew. And by the time I was a senior in high school, um, my coach was like, dude, you got to go to the net. Like you're six, eight, you got to <laughs> use this height. So all I did was serve in volley. Um, you know, so that's probably in the, for the pro scene. Um, you know, Isner doesn't serve in volley as much, but John Isner is what, six, nine, six, 10 yeah. or whatever. So yeah, he's, he's one of the taller guys. Um, my game would probably be similar to his, but I loved, I loved the serving volley. That's what I was. That's what I really loved. My point, I either won the point super quick or lost the point super quick. It was one or the other. I used to play badminton. So it's a little bit different, a little bit different. Play tennis once and end up hitting my, one of my ex-girlfriends in the head with the ball. So that was the end of tennis. For yeah. Me. So uh, yeah, I didn't, I didn't play ever since. <laughs> so I mean, so I mean, so, you know, growing up, you know, who, who did you follow in basketball terms? Like, you know, what team did you follow? Yeah, I followed the Pacers growing up. Reggie Miller was like my idol. Um, everybody in Indiana wanted to be Reggie Miller. Um, the Pacers were actually really good. And um, they were they were definitely the team. I, I think after – so, I don't know if you guys remember. Do you remember the brawl? The yeah. brawl, yes. Oh, my God. Yeah, so I was – I remember I was in my basement watching. I think it was like in seventh <laughs> or eighth grade. Um, the Pacers were like the number one team in the East. They were, they were unreal that year. They had, they had so much talent. And after the brawl, it kind of just like fell apart for them and the city didn't really turn on the Pacers, but it just like, it was, it was, the image was just bad for, for the Pacers. And, and, um, so like half of our guys were suspended or whatever. So it was hard to root for them. And and after that, um, the Suns and Steve Nash kind of like took off. Yeah. And Steve Nash was a guy that I really, really looked up to. Um, and so I started rooting for, for him. And, I, you know, because I thought, like I said, my, my dad was 5'10". And so, and my mom is 5'10". I wasn't, I was only supposed to be about 6'2", 6'4". And so I was trying to model my game after Steve Nash because I thought if I'm going to make it to the NBA, it's going to have to be somebody like that. Um, so I really started watching the, the Suns. And at that point in time, they were fun to watch. You know, their their offense was up tempo, score a lot of points, you know, throwing and throwing it up to Amari. I mean, they were definitely fun to watch. Um, yeah, I mean, so that, that was that was my next question. Like, who were your idols growing up? You know, so obviously Steve Nash. You said Reggie Miller. Yeah. Um, those. So obviously you you tied it. What did you do when you realized that you couldn't you know, make your game necessarily like Steve Nash's? Like, who, where where did you start looking at then? Who did you start looking at? Yeah. Well, so then in high school, um, so I chose the number 20 for Manu and for um, Ray Allen. 
And both of those guys were guys that I also admired and, and admired the way they played the game and thought I could also be somewhat similar to both of those guys. So, um, you know, I ended up, you know, kind of looking yeah. at, at both of those guys. Like kind of like a, <clears throat> like you are now, I suppose, like a big, like a, the so say big in the NBA that can stretch the floor and just, you know, shoot the free. Because Ray, Ray was one of those players that I idolized actually, because just, the way that guy shot the three was just unreal. He changed Incredible. the game. He changed the game in terms of shooting the three, right? He was he was definitely incredible. And I think one thing that people, especially if you've never um, kind of played the game and and been on an NBA court with an NBA three, like one thing that Ray Allen did, which was incredible. It's it's still incredible. There's not very many guys in the league that can come off of screens full speed and shoot threes. And that's what Ray Allen could do. There's a lot of guys in the NBA that can stand still shoot, you know, like that can get a swing, swing, you know, trail three from the top where you're kind of just standing there ready for it. And then you shoot. There's not very many guys that can do it off the move. And he was somebody that could do it off the move. And you guys remember his quick release. I mean, he was, yeah. he was incredible. Um, so let's, let's, let's move on. You know, obviously you, you were drafted in, in 2010. Um, so, you know, you've, you've been in the NBA you know, about 10 years now, now almost 10 years. So it's, you can't turn it into a seasoned vet if you, if you want to start calling it that, um, right. you know, and you've had many ups and downs throughout, throughout your career. So, you know, what, what we'd want to know is what, what have been, what's been your top three moments of, of, of your career? Top three moments. Oh man. Put me on the spot here with that one. <laughs> um, Let's see. I think one one of the top three moments for sure um, was when I was with the Jazz. We played against Cleveland, or was it? Yeah, I think it was Cleveland and LeBron. Um, and I hit a game winner against them uh, at home, and that was that was like the crowd was electric. That was a lot of fun. Um, I think another moment. I think I think uh, another top moment for me winning. Um, game seven at Staples Center against the Clippers. That was the first uh, playoff series that I'd won, mm-hmm. and to do it kind of game seven in their place. Like there's there's some there's some about game sevens, and especially being able to do it on the road. Like that was that was also a lot of fun. Um, and then I would probably say honestly, like this is it's it's like um it's not like a like a like a huge stat game or anything, but the first game that I came back after in, getting injured um, for 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 the Celtics playing at home, like that that first game back was like such a huge moment for myself, um, just yeah. mentally and and everything, just to be able to be back on the court and the crowd was amazing, um, the love and support that they showed, and so I think that was for sure a top moment as well. Yeah, definitely, I agree, man. I didn't. I don't. I don't really want to touch too much on that. I think the progression you've shown since the injury has been insane. But like, that's what I was going to say. What was it like that first game back? That must have just been like, wow! I've, I've was, worked so hard to be here again, and this is it. Man, it was honestly like pretty emotional. Like I, don't, I usually don't get emotional, but like for some reason, it just came over me then. Like to to have the injury and have what happened happen, and then to do all the work to then kind of finally be back. Like it was. It was a pretty cool feeling, um, that's for sure. It was awesome. So I always remember. I, I remember watching the game. Um, I watched it with um, a couple of my friends and then a couple of members of my family. And uh, we, it, was, it, was, it was so strange because all of us, when we saw you come on the court and stuff like that, and, we, and then when, obviously when they were talking about you and things uh, just before tip off, like everyone was stood up and it was really, it was really, it was quite strange. To be fair, you probably find it quite strange. Everyone was stood up like clapping, like yeah, here we go, come on then. Now we've got we've got Gordon back. Here we go. We're gonna we're gonna move on and get another banner. So I mean, it was emotional for quite a lot of the fans. I think as well. I think there was clips of, you know, obviously when it happened, like loads of the fans were crying and things like that. It just yeah. goes to show you, you know, that once you once you come on this team, you are, you know, you are part of the you're part of the city. So yeah, it was it was amazing to see you back. It was. I think I think that's one thing that has been so cool about the Celtics fans. Um, and you know, obviously here I am doing a podcast with you guys, um, over in England, but just, um, the, the love that I got from Celtics fans, um, not only just in, in Boston, I think, I think every team in the, in the NBA has fans locally in their state, but 
um, the fans worldwide that the Celtics have is just amazing. And, and I really appreciate all the fans and, and everyone sending, you know, tweets and, and shout outs and, and everything like that. I mean, it's, 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 it's really means a lot to, to me and to, to all the players. I know it does. Yeah, 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 definitely. I love that. And like, that's the best thing about us. Like we're the, the Celtics are such a close knit community, like regardless whether you're a player, like down to the to, to people that do the gritty, you know, everybody is just a part of the whole thing. And I think we are just one great big family and that's what I love. And like you say about you coming on here, we we appreciate you coming on here. You know, that's 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 so like it's it's different level for us, you know, to speak to a guy like yourself and that's just amazing. So I can't thank you enough for doing that for us. I think yeah, Tom no was problem. nervous to eat. I think Tom was nervous to eat earlier. That's you know, I mean I don't think he's eating all day, so <laughs> <laughs> I have been nervous, I'm not gonna lie. I was getting a little bit emotional earlier on, but you know, I was talking to the wife about it and We're just having some cuddle time with the wife, just like Yeah, she was like she was like, So what who's on tonight? Who you got? I was like, Who have I got? And I tried to explain it to her and bless her, she I was like Nate said earlier, we stay up till stupid time in the morning. She still don't get it. And then she was like, oh, wow, that's amazing. That's, that's amazing. I was like, I'll show you something later on. And then you'll explain that. It's just crazy. So, yeah. So, Tom, you, you, you've you got the next question. Yeah. So, like, so, Gordon, like, obviously, you were, you were drafted by the Jazz, right? Um, but my biggest thing I've always wanted to, if I've always said, if I get the opportunity to speak to you, this is one thing I wanted to know. Like, you've been coached by Brad. A hell of a lot. I mean, you was at Butler with him. Now you're at the Celtics. We know, like, I I could imagine he was a big reason why you came to the Celtics. But what I want to know is, like, what makes him so different from every other coach that you've ever been coached by, or and and stuff like that. And what's the difference between Butler Brad, say, and Celtics Brad? Yeah. um, I mean, I think that. Brad has for sure been one of one of the best coaches I've ever had. I think he's a tremendous basketball coach. Um, you could kind of get that sense. He would come to my uh, at my high school. We we would have five forty five a.m. workouts before school, and there weren't very many coaches there. Because, um, like I said, I actually had a teammate, um, Julian Mavungo. He plays professionally in Japan, and at the time, he was the one being recruited by all the coaches. Um, and I was, you know, kind of there and. Uh, at the same time but I remember Brad coming um, to watch those and he was an assistant at the time um, before he got you know promoted to the head coach and you could tell then that he was gonna that he was a special coach a special type of a guy just with the way with with the way he analyzed different things and his preparation Um, and he's been that way ever since and that's how it was at Butler he was you know always prepared for everything we had we had we would have games usually twice a week so a lot more time to prepare in college but you know, he would have his first plan. If that didn't work, he'd have, you know, a plan B. If that didn't work, you'd have plan C. Then, I mean, down the line, like he always knew um, kind of what the other team was going to do. And one thing that I remember, I remember this one thing in, in college, we, we would go through our out of bounds plays um, and kind of he would, the other team would basically guard the way that, you know, that team we were going to play guarded. So whether they switched everything, whether they played zone, um, out of bounds and then went to man, whatever it may be. So he would have them play and we would go over and he, he would draw up a play and he'd be like, all right, this is what you're going to, I always took out the ball. I was always on to took out the ball. He was like, all right, Gordon, here's the play. This is what's going to happen. We're going to run this, 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 they're going to jump out on this guy. You're going to ball fake it. The whole team's going to look, and then you're going to hit this guy on the back. He's going to be wide open and he's going to score. And like, and in my head, I'm thinking to myself, like, dude, this is not going to work. There's no way, whatever. <laughs> and sure enough, we run the play. It goes exactly the way he planned. We score, and and little things like that happened all the time. And I think it's 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 no doubt from the preparation that he put into it. I mean, he just would watch hours and hours of film, and he knew exactly what they were going to do almost before they did it. Um, you know, and so in, in transitioning, you know, to the NBA, it's obviously a little bit different. The rules are different. Um, like I said, there's not as much time to prepare. I think in, in playoffs there is, and, and that's why I think we usually do a really good job in the playoffs. Uh, yeah. We have our game plan down, down, down pat. Um, but he's, I mean, he's, he's, we, he's grown up. I've grown up. Um, like you said, it's been 10 years um, in the NBA. And, and so I'm definitely a little bit different than when I was. And um, 
I think some curse words are, are flowing a little bit more in the NBA than I remember in college um, from Brad. Maybe that's because we make him a little more mad. Um, but <laughs> that, I mean, he's still the same guy. Well, that's that, so there's, three thing, there's three things about Brad Stevens which like, it just blow my mind. His, his attention to detail, that is one. His level of calmness. We never see him angry. Obviously, you guys must, but we never see him. He's so level-headed on, on, on the side, on, on, on the bench. It's, it's unbelievable. And three, everyone needs to know what face cream he uses because the guy never ages. Like he is literally. I mean, he looks, he about, looks the he same. Looks, he does. He looks about he twenty-five. Looks exactly the same. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No doubt. No doubt. He's. <laughs> he's. I'm telling you though. You should. If you thought that he's level-headed now, you should see him when he was at Butler. Man, he. To me, he's. He's definitely gotten a little more fiery. I think this year he got, you know, multiple technicals. Yeah. Which has got to be a personal record for Brad. <laughs> I think it is. I, like you said, you never really get to see him be like that. And this year you've seen that perhaps a bit more fire from Brad. But yeah, he was fired up. Did you guys make a joke? Did you, did you guys make a joke about his technicals? Yeah, we joked, we joked around with him um, either the next day or sometimes in the locker room if we won the game. <laughs> yeah. Because, like, with Brad, I guess, like, obviously you've known him for so long. I've always got the feel of him from, from a distance. Like, although he's your coach, he must be, like, a real good friend off court. Like, if, if you're struggling or, you know, if you need picking up, he's the guy that throws his arm around and says, right, come on. And he's more, he's more than a coach. That's my opinion of him. He's more than a coach. Like, obviously, do you, do you guys get the same feel from him? Because I, I feel like he's probably... One of many coaches, there's loads of coaches in the NBA that will probably be a, a good friend to you, but obviously you've known him so long, it must be kind of personal for you. Yeah, so I would say to that, like everybody has a different relationship with the head coach, depending on who you are and hmm. at what stage in life that you're at. You know, like um, I think if, if I didn't know Brad before coming to the Celtics, it would be, it would have been a lot different. Um, just because if that's like, I came to the Celtics, I've, I'm married, I already have kids. Like it's a little different as opposed to when you, when you just, when I commit to Butler, I'm 17 years old or whatever, 18 years old, you know, you're the head coach is almost playing, you know, he's not like a father figure, but almost in that sort of sense, you know, like if you need yeah. advice, if you need something, you could go to him. And, and still to this day, he, he actually lives in the same town that I do here in Boston. And so, um, you know, he's been great about saying, Hey, you need anything? You want anything? Like, can I help you out with anything? So, you know, s stuff like that. I mean, he's, if you need somebody, he's, he's willing to, to drop everything and, and, and help you out. And I don't know if, if just an example of to the type of person that Brad is like when, um, I, when I did get hurt and not to keep bringing this up cause I don't really like talking about <laughs> it, but, yeah. but when I got hurt, I remember, so I had to get, uh, carted up the, to the, uh, plane and you had to go up all these stairs or whatever. I couldn't walk. And so they were there. Somebody needed to help lift me up. And he was like the first guy that's like, I'm going to help Gordon get up the stairs and like helped lifted me up the stairs and, and onto the plane and stuff. And that just, you know, shows the type of person that he is. Yeah, definitely. That speaks volumes about the guy that Brad Steven is. That, that, that's, that's absolutely amazing, man. Yeah. To be fair, we, we, we love him as our coach anyway, there with Tom. So, I mean, yeah, yeah he's been nothing but great for us. So, um, yeah, so Gordon, kind of, kind of moving on a little bit. Um, we, so many fans will want to know this kind of, this kind of thing. Uh, you know, so, you know, every fan wants to know what is it like to be a Boston Celtics player. So, what, what is your typical day as a Celtics player? Like, what is your day to day kind of routine? Like, said the season was still on. If you were to wake okay. up this morning, what would be your, your day to day? What would you do? Well, is it, is it a game day or is it a game practice day? day? Okay, game day at TD. Okay. Game day at TD. Um, for me personally, I, I like going in in the mornings on game days. So I always uh, go in. I, I know you guys had Shimmy on. And so Shimmy is somebody that will go in as well. But I go in and get my shots up with, with Coach Scott Morrison. Um, it's just something that I really enjoy doing. If we don't have shoot around. This year we've had shoot around a lot. So you're going in anyways. But let's say, got to try to remember what time it's at. If it's at 11 o'clock, you know, I'll go in there around 10, 15 and get probably 35, 40 minutes of shots up before we do shoot around. Um, and then we have shoot around for probably 30, 40 minutes. That's one thing that Brad is pretty good at, in my opinion, is <clears throat> keeping things short and sweet. Uh, so it's, it's extremely detailed, but it's, we're not going to be there all day. Um, especially on game days, like guys mm -hmm. need to get home, take naps, yada, yada. Um, so then after shoot around, it's probably, 
12 o'clock by the time I roll home, it's like 1220, uh, get home, get something to eat, um, play with the girlies for a little bit, hang out. Uh, then I, I'm a big nap guy. So my whole career, I've always taken a midday nap on game days. So I take a nap from anywhere for anywhere between an hour to hour and a half, sometimes two hours if it's a late game. Um, I hate late games, by the way, like the games that start at eight 30. I hate those. I feel like I'm sitting in my house for forever, but most yeah. games, most games at TD start around seven 30. Um, and because of the traffic in, in Boston, I have to leave a little bit earlier than, than normal. So, um, I, my shooting time for a game, I'm the last person to shoot. Um, I'm part of the last group of people to shoot. So I shoot at 60 on the clock. Um, yeah. so let's say if the games, let's see the games at seven 30, that means I need to get there. I like to get there about 90 minutes before, um, which means that I'll leave my house like at five ish, like right around five, a little before five ish. Um, uh, takes me about 45 minutes to an hour to get there. You know, so I drive, get to the arena. Um, I kind of do my activation. Once I get to the arena, I do activation for 15, 20 minutes. Um, and then, go out there. I shoot at 60. So I shoot 60 on the clock with Scott Morrison. Every guy has a set time that they're supposed to be out there to get shots up. I think you get like 15 minutes. Um, so I shoot till about 45 on the clock ish and then yeah. go in. We meet around 35 on the clock. I, when I say on the clock, that's basically like, Pass, I, guess yeah. I, I need, yeah, yeah, I need yeah, to explain yeah. it. It's like 35 yeah. minutes till the game starts. The game yeah, yeah. Right. Um, so till, so 35 on the clock, our team meets, um, we go over the scouting report, we watch, um, film on, we have, there's like a couple clips of each guy, um, on their team that we watch. Uh, we kind of have our, how our tips for the game, essentially what we're going to do in the game. And then, you know, you, you play the game, our team runs out there around 18 on the clock. And, um, after the game's over, I usually like to get treatment for a little bit, um, my wife says I'm one of the last ones out always, so that she's she's pretty upset about that. Um, I, I like to take my time, um, but you know, then you drive home with with my this year especially. So because I have a family, um, yeah. it's been cool. My girls have wanted to go to the games, which has been something that's been kind of cool for me. So um, they've actually been going with me to the game. And so they can kind of walk into the arena with me, which has been kind of cool. And then afterwards, and then the, the girls just, the Celtics have people that can watch your kids, which is really nice. So they'll play basically the whole game, not even care about what's going on. Not even know. Uh, right. Um, and then afterwards, you know, they're usually pretty dead tired and scoop them up, put them in the car, drive home. And then I play video games usually for at least two or three hours at night to kind of wind down. It's hard for me. My, my mind just like keeps running the plays back. And yeah. so sometimes it's hard for me to, to go to sleep after games, but uh, that's a typical day for me on a game day. Wow. And that's one of the things I was going to say, what do you do? Obviously the building up to the game is what it is, but what's the biggest part of your, of your game day when you're winding down? Like, and obviously you said you do, you play video games and stuff. Yeah. Is that the way, is that the favorite way just to go, right? I need to switch off. So I think for me, and I've learned to do this, I wasn't always like this, but for me, one way to make it better for my mind to be able to wind down is to watch the film. So I'll usually watch the, the Celtics have unbelievable video guys and they'll send, they can send you your clips. So only your possessions that you are out on the court um, to straight to your iPad or computer or whatever. And yeah. um, so I'll watch those. And then that kind of like, it like eases your mind. You're like, okay, this is where I messed up or, or this is what happened or this is how I can be better, whatever. And, and then after that, I, I play video games. Are you, to be fair, are you, are, you a, are you a superstitious guy? Because I mean, obviously, you're so in depth, and you you know, I mean, you're you are attention to detail. Like, are you quite superstitious, or are you one of those guys? No, nah. no, not at all. Um, not the only thing I do before games. Every game is is like I take a shower before heading to the arena. Got to make sure my hair is all nice and everything, and <laughs> and and that's it. I don't have I don't wear anything or have any superstitions or anything like that. Okay, amazing, amazing. So we'll kind of move on to to, to this season slightly. Uh, so, so obviously this season from a fan's perspective, you know, it's, it's, we're loving this team. We're loving the locker room, the camaraderie and everything like that. So, you know, we, we all feel like Boston basketball is back kind of thing. Like what has it been like this season in that locker room? Cause obviously you've got guys like Ennis, Marcus, who are the jokers. And it just seems like this whole team is just 
just feels like one unit and everyone's just having a great time and just just enjoying and loving what they're doing yeah we've had we've had a good group of guys this year honestly um and i think we've got a good blend of veterans a good blend of youth um you know so i think that this this year has been a lot of fun to be a part of there's no doubt about that we've kind of talked about it a little bit and um now certainly good to have ennis and kemba some older guys um on the squad that you know i can relate to a little bit more and and i think brad wanamaker is another older guy who's who's just the presence the veteran presence has been really big for some of our younger guys too so uh we we do have a good group it's a good good locker room um you know i think everyone can everyone gets along and uh you know that stuff's definitely important man that stuff is definitely important 100 percent, 100 percent. so tom i think you have got the next question for, for gordon yeah, like, so obviously you mentioned Kemba there, Gordon. Um, I th- if I throw it back to 2017, you were an all-star, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, one thing I remember from that, and I, I only remember this because when Kemba joined the Celts, I remember you being on the Wired Up and you were talking to Kemba about, like, handles. Oh, yeah, yeah. When you was at the check-in desk, he was like, you, you got yeah, handles, yeah. And I ain't got handles like you and stuff right, like that. Right. Like. So what what's it like now? Obviously being with Canberra at the All Star Game, now he's come in and now he's he's like he's like a teammate of yours. What's it like to have like Canberra like playing with you game in game out now? It's it's been great to have him on our team. Um, you know, somebody like I said that's that's been in the league and been through moments as just like I have. It's it's good to have that veteran experience um, and somebody with him who's going to compete every single night. You know, he's going to give it his all. Um, and, and I'm just purely talking about him as a competitor, not even his, his, his skill set, and, you know, the ability for him to come off screens and, and attack bigs or shoot the pull up. Um, he's been unreal for us this year. And, uh, you know, also just a great, a great locker room guy, great teammate. So he's been, he's been, <laughs> it, I, I guess when you flash backwards and look at that, I, I wouldn't have never guessed that me and him were going to be on the same team. Um, but it's it's cool that we're on the same team now. Well, it's great to be fair. It's great to see. We we love to see it anyway. Um, you know, our starting five this year is one that you know, like we like, like I touched on earlier. You no, know, it's exciting to watch. And you know, me and Tom have spoken about it on numerous uh, numerous occasions that you know we're just really really enjoying the Boston basketball this year. So, I mean, we're kind of staying in the locker room for this next question. So, we, obviously, we had Semi on, on the podcast, um, and he said that you were a great mentor and influence uh, on him when you came into the team. So, our question is, like, do you, do you see yourself as that kind of daddy figure, if you want to call it that, in, in, in the locker room where, you know, if a guy's misbehaving, you're like, hang on a minute, son, come over here, come on, stop being cheating. Um, man, I don't, know about, I don't know about the second part, I think. I think for sure I, I try and I've always tried to lead by example. Mm-hmm. Um, Shemi has been um, one of the hardest workers I've ever been around. And um, more than that, he's, he's probably, he's one of the best guys I've been around too. Um, just, he is an unbelievable person first and foremost. Mm-hmm. I think if you were to ask everybody on the Celtics, they'd tell you the same thing. Um, but his work ethic is, is really impressive. And, he also works with, with the same assistant coach as I do. So we shoot a lot. We shoot against each other a lot in uh, shooting games and stuff. And um, I just always try to tell him, like, it's because he's somebody that I think is in one of the toughest positions you can be at in the NBA, which is which is not getting very many minutes, mm-hmm. uh, but still getting thrown in there from time to time. I think it's that's, to me, is the hardest position to be at because – and I was in it my rookie year for a little bit where you don't know – like certain guys they don't dress or you know that you know you don't ever get in and so you're kind of on the end of the bench like relaxing a little bit like well I'm not going to get in the game so it's whatever but he's in that mode where he doesn't know if he's going to get in or not so you almost have to always be ready Mm. uh, for coach Stevens to throw you in there and so I try to just talk to him a little bit about that type of stuff like hey we all we all go through those moments just stay ready man stay professional keep your cardio keep your fitness when you get thrown in there, you need to perform because you need to, he needs to be able to trust you. Um, and Shemi, like I said, has been unbelievable with that. Always in the gym working, um, trying to get better. And, and it's, like I said, it's a tough thing to do, especially mentally to, to keep yourself focused, to be able to do that. But, um, you know, can't say enough good things about him. And, uh, I, I think it's, it's, 
it's weird to see myself as like that type of figure now, but I am, you know, just turned 30. So I'm definitely one of the older ones on the team. That's for sure. <laughs> Which is crazy. Right. Cause I mean, I'm a, I'm only, I'm only 28 myself. So like to be in that position where you are, it's like, wow, I feel like I'm a young guy. You must feel like you're still that young guy. You're like, Hey guys, you're looking at me I, as a veteran, but I'm not that old myself. That's what I'm saying. That's exactly what I'm saying. <laughs> I, I feel young, man. I don't feel like I'm 30 at all. These, these years in the NBA, they, they fly by. They definitely fly by. But yeah, that's what, that's, yeah. Like staying on, staying on semi, like, do you, do you stay clear of semi in the gym though? Cause I mean, he is, I'm pretty sure he could lift. Uh, a hammer truck like he is a he's a big fella he's, he, yeah he yeah so shimmy sometimes walks around without his shirt on so actually i call shimmy hulk that's why i call him hulk because he's just a monster um but he sometimes walks around without a shirt on and we everyone reminds him like hey bro like put your shirt on we all know that you're strong like you don't need to walk around with your shirt off like we get it man you're strong we get it now to be fair he is he, he is a great guy you know I've, I've had the chance you know to play with him on, on fifa and stuff he, he's absolutely smashing on fifa but yeah, I, he, I beat, he beat you on FIFA? He, he, yeah. yeah, he smashed me. Did you play FIFA? So I played FIFA on the plane when I was in Utah. Well, that's what we did. We played FIFA every every single road trip on the plane. I haven't played in years. Yeah. But but everyone does say Shemmy's pretty good. He is pretty good. He he's, is. He, he's beaten me both times and he's embarrassed me. So, I mean... I, I mean, I haven't played him yet, so I can't really say that. I, I don't know, but, you know. You, are you pretty good, Tom? I'm not saying... I'm elite level, but I'm not saying I'm Nathan Monday level, you know? So Ooh, I'm like, okay. I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> he is right. He is right. I'm, I'm no slouch on FIFA, but for some reason, Semi, Semi just, he just, I'm just going to blame it on the time difference, right? It was like two in the morning here. There you go. There so you go. that's what I'm doing. I, you've got to have an excuse for everything, haven't you? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's brilliant. Like, Gordon, going back to like your influence on Shemi and that, like, who, oh, I want to, who, like, when you was that, you was young and you was into your career. Who was who was the guy that you was around you that took that kind of approach with you? Um, Earl Watson uh, was the guy that did that for me. And one of the things that I always remember that he said was, "There's going to be days where you don't feel like playing basketball. There's going to be days where you don't feel like doing anything." Um, but on those days, you have to remember to turn the professional switch on. There's a switch, man, and you got to just turn it on sometimes and realize this is a job. You're a professional. You got to put in the work. Do your work, man. Be a professional. And that, that definitely stuck with me, man. And Earl was, was, was a guy that was, I think when I was 20, I mean, he was in his like probably 32, 33, maybe even older than that. Um, so somebody that had been around the league for a long time and I really respected him as a player. And, um, you know, great advice that he gave me. Yeah, that's, definitely. That's, that's great. I mean, so kind of sticking, you know, we're kind of sticking in the locker room still, but like, we just want to discuss with you, like, what is it like putting on the Celtics jersey? What is it like just, you know, obviously the first time when you, when you, when you signed for the Celtics, you walked into the locker room, you've got your jersey there with your name plaque, with your name above and the plaque, you've, you've got your number, you've got your jersey hanging in front of you. Like, what, what is it like to put on the, the Celtics jersey and play in front of Boston yeah it's an amazing feeling every time we put the jersey on um with with playing in TD Garden man with with the banners that are all above you the retired numbers thinking about all the history that they have I mean the Boston Celtics are a franchise known around the world and something that's only been like I kind of knew that going into it but after being able to travel to China um and then seeing some of these like the support that I've gotten from, from everyone around the world, it just, I mean, it really just hammers home how much of a fan base the Celtics have and how much worldwide love they have. And so being able to put on that Jersey, you know, it's something where it, you can easily take it for granted. But then, like I said, I think about like, it's, it's everyone's watching here and they're rooting for us and they're, they're, they're putting their heart and soul into us as a team um, and so, you know, we only have, we have to do our best to, to give it back to them and, and, and try to represent. And so that's why I think going out into the court every night, you try to try to play your hardest. Yeah, definitely. Like we've obviously, we've seen some great performances from yourself, obviously with your career high and, you know, your 39 points and, uh, seven rebounds and eight assists. Um, that was against Cleveland, wasn't it? So, um, you know, we've seen some great performances with you in, in, in the Jersey and, you know, it's, 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 it's crazy to think that, you know, you've because you, over, over in England we don't have the scenario where you guys do where 
you know, you, you go to college, you play in front of loads of, you know, you play in front of thousands of fans. You then, so you're kind of used to the similar kind of level of limelight um, at college level, where over here, our college, you know, you're lucky to get your mum and dad come and watch you. So, <laughs> <laughs> or, or, or you get the group of like, like emo kids that are just on the field while they're watching you play football, soccer. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, you know, going into, going into that locker room, it just, it must have been a really surreal, like you said, surreal feeling where, you know, all of the history around the organisation. Um, so what I'm trying to say is, that, was it, is it, has it kind of been, was it, was it a really surreal moment when you walked into the locker room? I think, I think the first time that I walked into the garden, um, when I was re- kind of being recruited by the Celtics, um, you know, we, we took a trip up and saw the banners and then they had a Jersey there for me that had, you know, number 20 and Hayward on it. I mean, that was, that was a really cool feeling. Um, my dad actually was a Larry, big Larry bird fan. Um, and, and I remember he had a, uh, he had a picture in his office, in his study of Larry bird and it had 33, but the artist had changed the number to Hay- or to the, the, instead of bird, it said Hayward on it. Yeah. Um, and I remember looking at that as a kid and thinking like, why did he do that? And he, and he was just a big fan of Larry bird and he, he was like, it'd be cool if I could play for the Celtics. I remember him saying that. And, um, yeah. so it kind of has come full circle a little bit with me playing for the Celtics and, it's definitely, like I said, a storied franchise and one that I'm honored to play for. So, when you, yeah. so your dad, when you see this, obviously your dad's obviously come and seen you play at TD. His first game there, was he like a, a kid in a candy shop? Was he? Was he super? Oh, for sure. For sure. My, my parents have been amazing. Um, they've literally been, they went to every single one of my games when I was at Butler. Um, they went, I, I played in New Zealand. They went to New Zealand, um, played in Italy. They went to Italy. I mean, they... They've, they've been, I think they've been at just about every f- opening game that I've had in the NBA. Um, actually, one thing that they that my parents have done, which has been really cool, and they just finished it this last year, um, is over the course of my career, they've, they've driven and went to a game at every opposing team's arena. Um, and so this was the last year they finished. Uh, I think they finished with Minnesota. And so they went wow. to the Minnesota game and that was the last arena that they, wow. that they hadn't been to. So my parents have been really supportive. And, and of course, of course, the first home game at Boston, they were, they were super excited. God, I don't, yeah, about, you, I don't know about you, Tom, but I'm going to have to have words with my parents. God, are they hardly go <laughs> to my games. Slacking, <laughs> I don't know where mine are half the time. But I'll be honest, <laughs> since, I got, mate, since I've had kids and moved away from home when I was like 18, I don't think, obviously I see them, but like, you know, it's not kind of like that anymore. Family barbecues are as far as we can go. But yeah, I mean, that must be like, you You must look at that and Gordon and think, wow, I'm so thankful for you guys and, and stuff. Oh, a hundred percent. And you know, if you have kids, like when you're growing up, you don't understand it. But as soon as you have kids, man, like you definitely get what your parents were saying, what they were, that they were right. And you definitely yeah. go back and thank them. Like I must've been a terrible child. Thank you so much. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. Like all the things I remember, like my dad used to say things to me. Oh, when you get older, you'll thank me when you have kids. Right. The amount of times I've gone back, like with my head down, I'm sorry, dad. You, right. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's like, you like, exactly. it's bad until you have kids. I found, I find myself almost sometimes saying something to the kids. And I'm like, man, I sound like my dad. Exactly. exactly. <laughs> I'm not in that scenario yet, so I'm out of this topic. I'm out of this question, you know. <laughs> but, um, in time, in time, you'll, you'll in be time, yeah. in time. Of course, Gordon, you're you 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 and the good wife. You're you're expecting again. You're adding to the family as well. That's right. We're expecting a baby boy. Um, due in September. So I guess like oh, once we're once once we're all is that your birthday the thirteenth? That's my birthday, man. Yeah. Well, maybe it's it's definitely middle of September, and once we're out of this, it's like. I hope by September we'll be out of this thing and then yeah. we'll, we'll be able to have the baby boy. And, um, that's, that's it though. Like no more, <laughs> no more kids. <laughs> that, that's it. That's yeah, Cause it. I remember, I remember obviously you, you, you had the girls and, and like, I remember the video that Robin put on an Insta, like when you pop those, it like a balloon or something. It's yes. a girl and it's like, yes. Daddy, daddy's always happy. <laughs> Finally, like, I got a boy. Cause I've got we, two. We girls. got the boy. Yes. I got three girls, one boy. And it's like, wow. Got the oh, so you got a full household, man. Yeah, crazy, crazy, crazy times. They got to be keeping yeah. you busy. How, how old are they? 
Well, I've got my stepdaughter who is 17. She's 18 this January coming. Um, I've got Summer. She She's 10. Obviously, Joshua's in the middle. He's eight. And then Layla, who's six. Okay. Okay. So, so you're going to, you got the one who's right in the middle of the, of it. I, that's the age I'm least looking forward to is that 17, 18 age. The others, the others are still probably like, they'll still say yeah. like, I love you, dad, huh? Yeah. Sometimes my boy's getting there. Cause he's got into this gaming thing. He, he kind of like does his streaming thing now. And I'm like, you don't need dad anymore. Right. And he's like, right. no, I do love you dad. But he, <laughs> he tells me, he tends to tell me when his mum's not around, which I don't know what that's about, but you know, it's a father son thing, but yeah, there I mean, go. I got to give my hat to my, the eldest. She's, she's amazing, man. Like I, I, I was worried. Like when she started getting a bit older, I was like, what is this going to be like? And she's actually, I got to take my half. She's been amazing. So it's a, it's a blessing, but like with that, I mean, obviously I follow yourself on it, on social media. I follow, I follow Robin as well. I'm hearing that you wanted to name the boy after a car. Is that, I think Gordon, we need to clear this up because I did comment on the post saying, surely it's got to be Bentley, right? <laughs> <laughs> oh man. I don't know if I'm supposed to be uh, putting out the name of, of we've kind of decided on a name, but I yeah. don't know if I'm allowed to put it out there yet. It's, yeah, nah. it's, I will tell you, it's not Bentley. So, <laughs> ah, so nah. but I'm right with the car because the car thing, I, I was like, surely, is that, is that a thing? So I will say this, I am the fourth Gordon, but not Gordon the fourth, if that makes any sense um so yeah. it feels like a riddle it feels like a riddle we're gonna <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> so so we're thinking about potentially having another gordon but i don't know so we'll we'll see yeah and i mean i wish you all i, I wish you all the best for that man uh, no, i've i've only got one big child and she's currently downstairs eating chocolate so i mean <laughs> that is the fiance so Proud parent moment yeah <laughs> obviously gordon Getting back to the basketball, like you mentioned earlier, like your, your mum and dad followed you to every city, every every game, every arena you've played in. Like, obviously for them as well, I'm sure they've told you which ones they love and which they like going to and what the experience has been like. But what's it like for you? Because obviously you've, you've probably played in every single city now. Like, but what's the one, when, when the calendar hits and the schedule's released, what, which, which cities do you look at and go, wow, I can't wait to go there. I love playing there. Obviously, I get... Indiana's going to be on there. I know you say you love playing Indiana. Yeah. And like that's, that's obviously a place that holds a lot of love in your heart as so, well as Utah. Sorry. Yeah. So, so Indiana for sure has always been one of the best places to play because I have friends and family that'll come to the game. So it's, it's fun to play in front of them. Um, <clears throat> Utah hates me now. So I get booed <laughs> every time I touch the ball in, in Utah, uh, which is, which is definitely a little weird uh, to play with, honestly. Yeah. But I would say, I would say certainly, certainly like the southern southern states are always fun in the middle of winter because you just get a break from the freezing cold. I would say the bet like Staples Center is is always one of my favorite places to play, especially when you play the Lakers. They turn down the lights so only the courts lit up. They do a really good job. You're playing um, in front of a bunch of celebrities. That's always fun. I would say yeah. one of the best the best places. Um, like one of the, the teams that does a really good job is Dallas um, with their atmosphere. There's like their game ops, like they just, the music that they pick, like the sounds they make, like um, I swear, like the rim there is extra mic'd up. Cause when you, when you swish there, like, like the, everybody in the arena knows, like it just sounds really good. And, and when they had Dirk, man, it was, it was sweet. Like they just had all these different things that they would do for Dirk. And, you know, obviously he's such a legend, yeah. Um, so Dallas was always a cool place that I enjoyed playing, but more than anything, it's, it's usually the team versus the arena. Like if it's, if the team is good, the, the fans will be into it and they'll make it a great atmosphere. Yeah, that's, that's, that's great. I actually, I agree with that. Cause you, you always feel like there's an extra bit of something in the game. Like these guys are supposed to be this good. We got to go there and we got to show them that we right. are here to play. Right. Or TD. TD. Nothing can beat TD, I don't think, anyway. I think TD is nothing, not nothing beats TD, that's for sure. Nothing beats <laughs> TD. Our <laughs> fans, whether, 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 whether we're out of the playoffs or Game 7, man, it's like this still – every game's a Game 7 for those guys, man. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I love it. I love it. Every time I've been over there, it's been incredible. So, I mean, some of the hype, the hype videos are always quite good. This year's is 
bit bit strange, isn't it? Where everyone's flying around in outer space and stuff. And right, it must be quite right. fun. Is it quite fun for you guys to do that? Is it a bit? If it's a bit of an odd scenario, because I'm assuming it's just you're in the middle of a room shouting at nobody. So let me just tell you, and I might get in trouble for this, but it starts <laughs> out kind of fun. But by the end of like the six hours that you're there, you're like, just give me the hell out of here, like seriously. <laughs> I mean, there's only so many times you can sit up from a, from a doctor's chair and scream. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> you got to get every angle, man. Every angle, they got to they gotta be able to film. <laughs> yeah, so I mean, well, it's quite good, it's quite good though, because you would have had to shower before you gone there, so your hair would have been immaculate. So hair was hair was looking good all the way up till the end of it. <laughs> <laughs> By the end, it's coming out it's everywhere. Like, get me out of here. <laughs> okay, okay. So just before we end the pod, we've got a couple of games which we like to play with our guests. Well, obviously, we, we're playing the, we played it with Vinny and we played it with Semi. So we've kind of mixed it up for you guys. Um, so we've got a word association game. So okay. we're going to give you an English word or an English phrase and you've got, you've got to guess what it means in America, essentially. All right. So I will start off with uh, pavement. Pavement? Pavement in the UK. Well, pavement you've put in the email means sidewalk. So I got <laughs> you, could have, you could have got away with getting a point there, Gordon. You could have got away with getting a point. <laughs> okay. I knew I should have handled the PR on that one. <laughs> okay, so the next one is geezer. Geezer. If you want me to put it into context, I can put it into context for you. So I've used, so there is a phrase in America where you call somebody an old geezer. So I'm going to go with just an old person. Uh, it means it means top bloke in the UK. So like, ah, uh, he's an absolute diamond geezer. So he's he's the greatest guy. Essentially, he's the greatest. Oh player. wow, that means nothing like what it means over here. <laughs> yeah, but okay. I'm quite tempted to give half a point now because, in fairness, you are the first one to get a. We'll give yeah, you half. We'll give you half a point. Okay, so this one, no one has got this one, and this one made Semi and Vinny laugh very much. So this is a phrase, and I, I I'll put it into context for you. I'll say the phrase first, and I'll put it into context. So. Okay. The phrase is "arse over tit," right? And in context, in context, okay. in, in context, it means "oh, she's gone arse over tit." What do you think it means? <laughs> oh man, um, she's gone ass over tit. Uh, she's she's like on. I want to say like she's gone crazy, but maybe it's like. She's just, she's gone backwards. Like she's thinking backwards. It, basically, it means someone's fallen over. Uh, okay. So if someone falls over, you go, oh, he's gone arse over tit. She's gone arse over tit. I, I can see that. I can see that. <laughs> That's a weird phrase, but I can see it. It is, yeah, it's a pretty strange one. It's one of our strange ones over here. Okay, so the next one is another strange one, which Semi laughed at. But so it's, so the phrase is kind of, we'll give you two. It means the same thing, but it's two words. So you might get one, but... So the first one is bladded, um, or you can, or some people call it twatted. So you're bladded or you're twatted. Can you put that in context? context? Can you yeah, put I'll put it in context. context. So I've gone out on a night out and I have got bladded, twatted. Like you just got, you just got drunk AF. That is yes. it. That is it. <laughs> <laughs> To be fair, you can use these in the locker room afterwards. So next time you see Semi, just, if Owen falls over, this guy always gone arse over tit. Everyone there we go. Yeah, yeah. Only yeah. Vinny and Shimmy are going to know what I'm talking about. Yeah, they will. Yeah, yeah they will. <laughs> okay, so the we'll give you one more. All right. Um, and this one is Peng. 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 Yes. Okay. So you can put it into context. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so um, what can I put into context without giving it away too much? So I would say. Uh, that person, he or he is paying, or she is paying. I mean, that is super vague. I'm gonna go with she is that that person is like on point, like they're styling, yeah. like they look yeah, we'll fresh. Give, we'll give it, it means yeah. hot. It means hot. So that person's hot. Paying. Yeah. Paying. <laughs> is that like a new thing, or like you guys been saying that forever? No, I oh, think well, it's yeah. kind of. It's, yeah, it's, been, it's been going for years, isn't it? But I mean, it's yeah. more of our generation. To be fair, you're in our generation as well. I keep forgetting. You know, I'm 29. I you're, Tom's 28, and you're you're 30. So yes, uh, yes. So yeah, in England, we've they've been using it for ages. The youth, the youth have been mm. using it. Dang, that's a new one. That's a it's new funny. one. It is. It is a funny one. I don't. I mean, I don't say it. I. I 
I'm not that kind of language, you know. I'm, I'm <laughs> okay, do you, do you want one more? Go on, do you want one more? Sure, one more, one more. Well, hold on a second. For the record, I got that one right, right? Yeah, like, you got yeah. that right. You got that right. Yeah. So at the moment, you, you've won anyway. You, you've All won right. out of the Celtics players that we've had on. You, you've won the game so far. So All right. um, the next one, the last one, which one should we give you? We'll give you Miffed. So in context, I uh, oh, it's really hard to put this one in context. but Miffed? Yeah, I'm Miffed. So you would say uh, I'm Miffed because of something happened. I like you, wait, are you saying you are miffed or you miffed yeah, you can, like you as a verb? Miffed. Yes, you can say like, I, I'm miffed. I'm miffed about something. I'm really miffed about something. Uh, you're pissed off about something. Uh, yeah, we'll give you that. It's, it's kind yeah. of, it means, yeah, offended or upset. You can kind of use it in two different contexts. So you'd be like, That's oh, a- I'm really miffed because yeah, you yeah, broke yeah. up with me or whatever. I don't know why yeah. I said that. It's a bit weird that one. But, but, yeah, um, but yeah, so that's that game. So obviously you've won. You've won it already. So I love I love hearing the different phrases. Also, the your guys' accents are sweet. I love hearing it. And for the record, when, so we, I mentioned Peaky Blinders earlier. Yeah. So when I watched Peaky Blinders, one of my favorite shows. But when I watched it, I had to turn on the subtitles, man, because I could not <laughs> understand what these guys were saying. They were talking way too fast, and I had I was like I tried to figure it out, but I kept like rewinding it to like what did he just say? So then I finally just said screw it turned on the subtitles so i gotta understand yeah it's a bit like <laughs> that especially like no offense to anyone i've got some buddies in that area but for guys from that area you probably would need subtitles too so i, I get that <laughs> I can't be Scot- scotland is the worst so the scottish if, if you've got a true scottishman speaking really quickly you've got no chance you've got yeah. literally no chance you just have to agree with whatever they're saying <laughs> just hope it's not abuse <laughs> man if you guys are saying that that means i must have like negative chance <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah I, if I you ever get a chance if you ever get a chance just just youtube like scottish man speaking glaswegian and honestly it, actually, will, it will go crazy i actually have some scottish heritage my uh grandfather plays bagpipes they had like a full scottish really? wedding and oh, the whole deal yeah yeah yeah. oh amazing amazing oh, wow yeah that is crazy that's 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 crazy so that, is that is that just a long is that just some relatives which are uh, yeah, my, so my grandfather was big into like family tree and heritage and everything and i think his side that's so i'm uh that side like i'm basically i get all my hype from my swedish side but on the other side of it is is scottish and and english english scottish and like i said they did a full wedding everyone was in bagpipe or in a scottish kilts they had bagpipes my grandfather played my cousin played bagpipes like they were big time into it it was actually pretty cool um to see but just obviously weird in America, but um, <laughs> like cool I mean, for him to go see. Yeah, definitely. And obviously, Sherry said that JB sent him a him a key a piano or keyboard. Um, so he he's taken that up. So he's it, learned to yeah yeah. I, that's one it's, thing with this with with Corona and everyone being at home. I think it's a good opportunity for people to try to learn something new and trying to expand themselves a little bit. Yeah, definitely. Is it bad pipes on your list? Is the bagpipes on my list? No, 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 no. No, <laughs> no it's not. I've only ever tried to play them once and I almost passed out. It's a lot harder <laughs> than it looks. <laughs> I'm sure it is. <laughs> it's a lot harder than it looks. Okay, oh, okay, man. Gordon. So we've got one more game for you. Um, I okay. will let Tom throw this one to you. So Tom, go ahead, man. Yeah, so Gordon, basically, um, we, put this, we put this question to, to Shemi, to Vinny, and their, their starting fives are kind of fun. But basically, what we want you to do is we want you to name your starting five. Obviously, you can include yourself, of course. We won't, we won't take that away. But everybody's full, clean bill of health. Um, and what we're going to do is you name your starting five in a fancy draft. And then at the end of the season, well, the podcast season, we're going to put everybody's teams into 2K and see who reigns out of everybody, all our guests. And then the winner obviously gets uh, that UK Celtics podcast T-shirt. I mean, the stakes are high, obviously. Um, yeah, 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 super yeah. high. And if you win, we'll, we'll obviously we'll we'll send one from for each one of your family and stuff, which would be kind of cool. So basically, what I want to know is who's in your starting five and and why. Okay, so I've been thinking about this question because you guys proposed it in the email um, yeah. beforehand, and this might not win in the NBA 2K, but if I had to pick a starting five 
I would, I'm going with the, with the starting five of the Boston Celtics. I think that we have one of the best starting fives in the league from top to bottom. I think we provide too many matchup problems for people. Um, I think that we can, we can spread the floor and really utilize our speed on defense. We're, we're really versatile, can switch basically one through, well, with Kemba, it's, it's a little bit different, but basically two through five, we can switch. Mm-hmm. Um, one through four, we can pretty much switch and rotate and cover for each other, but just our versatility is, is sick. And, and so I'm, I'm honestly going with the Celtics starting five. I absolutely love that. And you are probably the first person to say that. I mean, I think Vinny, Vinny or Shemi named a couple of sides, but everybody else we've had on is like run riot with everybody in the league. So for you to come on and say that, I absolutely love that. And of course, you got my backing. Yeah, like I said, I don't think our ratings in 2K will reflect it, but I'm telling you, if, if I had to pick a starting five in the league, I'm taking us. Yeah, well, that definitely. is, yeah, that's, but to be fair, I think we're going to have to play around with the sliders a bit, but I'm pretty sure, that, pretty sure they're <laughs> going to win. But no, to be fair, the, you're, you, like the, the team's ratings in 2K are actually all right. It's, it's quite good. Yeah. It's not too bad. Okay. Some, some players need to, 2K need to pay attention yeah. to it a little bit, but, but yeah. Okay, Gordon. So that, 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 that wraps up the pod, man. Thank you so much for coming on, taking your time, you know, out of your, out of your busy day, uh, with your family and um, obviously your gaming, uh, um, it's, it's just incredible so really really do appreciate it yeah no problem guys thanks for having me on it's good to meet both of you um, it's fun talking to you too I had a good time so hopefully hopefully everyone that watches this uh, you know likes it and can tune into your podcast some more 100% we really 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 appreciate it and Definitely. obviously when the season comes back on and everything like that um, we, we, we wish you all the best obviously we're going to be watching you and hopefully we can get you back on the podcast sometime later on, maybe in the off season, hopefully when the season's finished, hopefully it does restart and we can probably talk a little bit more orientated about, you know, the games that have happened. So like Gordon, obviously thanks for coming on, man. We appreciate you taking the time. It's been, it's been amazing to talk to you. Um, obviously we're three, 3000 odd miles away. So to get, a, to get close to a guy like yourself, I mean, it's just, it's mind-blowing. I said before the pod in the pre-thing, I'm absolutely nervous as hell. But like, I think that, that feeling's now like gone and I've gotten to know you more as a, more than a player that I watch every night and, and more as a, as a real, real stand-up guy. So I appreciate you coming on, man. Um, I, I wish you, you and the family and obviously the team the best and hopefully we'll speak again soon. All right. Thanks, guys. Really appreciate it. Thanks, Gordon. See ya. Man. So that's the end of this week's That UK Celtics podcast. We're back next week with another episode and be sure to like, subscribe, review and share the pod. But until next time, people, peace.